0: welcome to the idea climbing podcast we're here today with susan Ibitz, human behavior hacker susan has 28 years of experience applying behavior to sales communication negotiation and everyday life susan is the only expert doing all of the channels in deception detection and behavior in this episode we'll be discussing the difference between video conversations with introverts and extroverts what questions to ask to move the sales process forward how to read nonverbal cues during video chats and much much more. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello Susan, thanks for being here today on the Idea Coming podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. Hi Mark, how you doing? So far so good. How about you?
1: Great. It's funny because when we uh, get introduced for the first time and you say, this is my podcast. Oh, don't worry. I've been listening to you for a long time. <laughs> it's
0: funny how that works. It's a small world.
1: Uh, you know what? It's a smaller than people think. You know how many? Um, actually, Milton' um, theory of sixth degree is how Tinder started. Because Kevin Bacon make laugh about the sixth degree of, like, you ended up knowing everyone. But Milton start with that on the 62. And it's true. One way or another, you met and you know anyone by somebody else. And that's how Tinder started working in the beginning. That's the reason you need to put your Facebook. Because the consideration is that if you're friends with this person, you might like all the friends they have. So basically you pay to get
0: introduced to your friends on Facebook. So anyway, <laughs> that's And then you working. have a conversation or a video chat as it is these days. And with video chat, I love to talk about what we were talking about last time, Was you called it sales intelligence, particularly reading people's faces on video. Can you speak a little bit just about, you know, your journey to get there and some tips for people that want to be better on video and read people?
1: It's a new language inside another language we know how to interact with others but what i've been telling uh to salespeople basically is you can have before three or four phone calls exchange emails and like oh i meet you for coffee in three weeks it's not happening so that meet you for coffee in three weeks is i meet you for a video call in 30 minutes So you don't have any more that weeks of exchanging information and researching about people to determine how you need to interact with them. So I told you, one of the things that I do is I call my clients every six months and I ask them what I fix for them, how I help them. And the common denominator since January to now is you save me. 90 days or 90 minutes and now my people can profile and understand our customers in 90 seconds that's make me more money they have more commission the customers are happier we're not afraid to call the customers in a month to us if they're happy with the product because we sell them what they need because now I can know what are your needs because I know what are the right questions to do sometimes it's two ways if you don't do the right question, you're not going to have the right answer. If you don't know how to do the question, the, the question never going to get on the head of your customer. And another thing is that we are teaching people how to read and profile others with masks. I still we still can read 60 different things on a face when we are wearing a mask. Wow. So it's a new reality. Body language, for example, what is in your background? If you're gonna tell me about how organized you are and you have a pile of clothing in your bed, it's happened to everyone, but is that the first impression I'm gonna have from you? Another thing, there are studies showing that the first thing is the content you said on your message. The sound, and we talk about sound that I don't have a voice for radio, and how long it took me until I found the right mic to have the voice and the tone they need to be and not to be annoying when I talk in too high and the third one is the background so people is paying attention if you have too many things going on in your background when you're doing a video people is gonna get distracted if they are visual how I know this for the size of the ears even a, pe- a person with masks I determine if they're visual or not so if how? I catch because the the size of the ears if the ears are small meaning that a ear fit three t- less than three times in your face meaning your face start on where your uh, two bumps on the head is and end on the on the chin if the ear is small enough that it can fit three times and still you have some space on the face that is a visual person another way you can determine when a person is visual is the words they use for example I see you later, you and I have been exchanging emails. If you check my emails, all of them is I see you later. And even you can determine, for example, you're using big headphones to check the audio. I have simple headphones, but I even can determine that you have small ears because on the position your headphones are located and how high your ears are from the position of your headphones are located, meaning the high of your ears is how fast you intake information or how much time I need to give you. If you're visual and your ears are low, you can get overloaded with images. So I need to be careful what is gonna be my background. So I need to be really fast to jump in 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 my feet if you use using zoom that is the most common system we have now you can have different backgrounds another thing you need to personalize the backgrounds if i can see a background where have your logo and my logo together behavioral wise i already put us together because i can visualize us as a team it's the same we effect when you met someone in person so what part of your body you're showing if the camera is not in 90 degree angles and it's too high or too low what is going to happen is people are going to have the same feeling that like when you are in person if you're in a small chair if somebody's in a chair higher than you are and looking down is remind you when your parents were yelling to you because you did something wrong so the effect is the same people tend to have like the phone too low or the ipad or the computer or the camera too low and you're looking up on them you're going to make them feel small so you need to have a 90 degrees you need to make sure about the sound as we talk you need to be showing from your head to your umbilical cord we call the box and enough space to mobilize your hands So for visual people, if you don't have any visual aids to accompany the first video call you're going to do, you need to use your hands to quantify. What do you mean? For example, I'm going to explain since you're going to see it. If I says, I have a big idea and I separate my hands a little over the, 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 the feet of my shoulders, I'm showing you big. But if I put my hands under the counter and I says, I have a big idea... And I don't have any visual aids to show. It's a big idea because I'm not using my hands to emphasize and visualize. For example, I give you a example. Mark, I have a big idea. Mark, I have a big idea. Which one you felt better when I use my hands to quantify? If I says, okay, we're gonna talk about three things, and I show three fingers, one, two, three, and I start lowering my fingers at the same time that I say, and. I in another option is, I have three things that we're going to be talking today, and I don't emphasize using three fingers to show you. It's different mm-hmm. visually; it's different. Another thing that people do not understand when we're doing video calls, and we have two, three kind of populations. I actually write a big article about that: introverts, extroverts, and ambiverts. Introverts are the people who need another way to intake energy. And extroverts is the way how they intake energy after a video call. It's not their shy. It's how they recharge energy after a long day. So if you put an introvert nine to five in videos, you're going to have a person who is not going to be productive after the third video. It's good to know that as a manager and it's good to know that as yourself. I'm an introvert, so I mix video calls with phone calls. So I have one phone call, one video call. If, if I need to have all video calls, I have four a day max and I don't have any more. And when I talk, I walk. Oh, so it's a too. way to make get adrenaline, 20-minute walking, uh, get uh, oxytocin, and stimulate your brain so you are more awake and more aware. And as an introvert, it's like you're going to your own pace. And it's funny, if you find out, I found in my living room, a little line, different color, because I redid my floors like two years ago when I moved, and I found that it's a different color. I'm like, hmm, weird. And the next day I found myself walking barefoot in that pad. I'm like, now I understand, but I did it unconsciously because that helped me to concentrate on the conversation. So when you know that about yourself, first, you can recognize that easy in others. It's like the animals. They can smell when they pair. So if you have certain characteristics as a personality in your face, you're going to recognize those first. The second one, you're going to recognize the opposite of you so you know how to do it because you need to do the opposite of what you do. But if nobody teach you, I always says we went from see you tomorrow to I don't know when I'm gonna see you again. We didn't have time to adapt. We didn't have the time to learn. There are companies who still, they don't know if they're gonna have employees coming back to work or not. Everybody jumping some Zoom videos because they're supposed to be doing it, but nobody have a structure. Then when to do it, how to do it, and what is the best way to approach other people to do it. What you is that keep, structure? For example, if when i was telling you in my e-calendar i have three options one of the option is let's have a coffee i don't put it anymore it's like you want to have a video or you want to have a call i giving you the option and says even though maybe this is a discovery call when i have to have um a demo with you you if you don't want to be in camera don't worry I need to be and I need to show you the product so we can share only the screen. Or even though if you don't want to see me, you don't need to see me. I can do the demo without you being on the camera. And I have people say, oh, thank you. And I realized they were extending to have the video call because they don't want to be on the video. And when I says, "Uh, do you know that you're not required to be on the video because this is a demo call or I'm going to show you something like, oh, great, let's see tomorrow. So they were delaying to have a meeting because they don't want to be exposed. And you are not video ready every day. I talk and I've been training journalists how to make questions to the interviewers. And they say, I have days that I don't want to be in camera. I don't feel camera ready. And that is my career. So the only way to be prepared for a video, I'm going to tell you this do you know how that a handshake is equal to three hours of human interaction
0: oh i hadn't heard that before
1: it's crazy so we for a couple of days we i put all the team in. like i need to know mental wise what part of the brain and what hormones are activated when we shake hands and we interact with others and we have that bonding we find out that the hormone happening is oxytocin. So now when we find that, I put everybody like, okay, what other things in my body, when I'm in a video, can generate oxytocin too? Smiling. Smiling is more contagious than anger and any other micro-expression. Elevate your oxytocin, and it's proved that for studies that when you put somebody in a sad way and I start laughing uncontrollably, everybody gonna end up laughing too. It's that's how contagious and it's gonna make me feel happy. So if I wanna have a good first impression, not everybody's having a good day. I've been talking with people who's doing really, really bad. Other ones introvert like me, like this is my life. I'm self-isolation, 365. We have moved doing training. For the last four years online, so to me it's normal that other people's not doing great. So smiling, being welcoming—that is a, the best first impression you can do. That's how you replace handshaking. That's how you replace interaction.
0: What do you do? Well, smile. And that's a, that's the more being more inviting by smiling.
1: Yeah. So what happened when you're not in the mood to smile? How you make your brain generate oxytocin, oxytocin that can be contagious enough to other people do it too. Guess what? It's the most simple is like sometimes you need to do research to understand that some solutions are simple that, that we expect. Give me a cue. How, what make you happy that you can be start meeting and smiling even though you don't want to?
0: that would be so important for video and I, I know I catch myself doing that too when I look in the video and I see myself and I realize okay I haven't smiled in 10 minutes it might be time to smile or you know lighten up the conversation
1: number one cat videos number two pet videos number three bloopers if you for two minute remember Amy, Amy Cody who says like the power pose Yeah, You can stimulate your brain and your body in the same way when you see things that make you happy. When you go to the happy place, it's the best way to elevate your oxytocin and start your video being happy. Even I'm talking to you and not smiling, my talking to you, it's open mouth because I didn't have a good meeting before I talked to you. So I was playing with my cats and watching videos before I get to talking to you because you, you and your audience deserve the best of me. Another thing is when i have having a video, it's really important what you see, seeing, but it's what other people is watching too. So you need to have a happy place in, for, in front of you. And I take that from going with a friend to the Lamas uh, uh, system that is the, that trained pregnant woman how to, have, how to learn how to breathe and have less pain when they're having a baby. And all of them, they have an object. They're fixating. So they learn to breathe fixating in an object. So I start thinking, like, how we can transfer that to get people to go to a happy place doing something they don't like? So well, I start. What do you yes, mean? fixating an object so that can be anything. for example my fixate my fixate object is watching on the forest because i'm living on the countryside i have people who's living in a small apartment because they didn't need a big one because they didn't work from home before so i says what is going to be your next dream vacation take a picture print it and put it behind the camera are you been saving to have those expensive shoes print the shoes and put it on the back of the camera uh your pet your parents your family somebody you have a crush on it so if i'm looking on the camera but behind the camera i have something that take me to a happy place oxytocins are going to happen again i always ask people put something that take you to a happy place and put a bucket list next to to that why because every time that happy place is not good enough Remember yourself, I'm doing this because I want to get paid to have a bigger apartment, because I want to buy a new car, because I need to send my kids to school. When you keep reminding yourself that you need to do this as painful, do you know that 80% of the population suffer suffer for agoraphobia? Is the fear of public speaking. And it's considering the public speaking and video calls affecting and pay as painful to the brain the same way. So you need to go, you need to go behavioral-wise to a part when these start being so painful and start being a happy place. So happy, having a happy place and a bucket list is the same way to fixate and like put putting behind the camera like, that is the reason I'm here, That the reason I need to be smiling. Another thing, most people tend to look on themselves on the camera instead of to look on the camera. Yeah, everybody does the same. You know what I do? I put a stickers, red stickers on the top of the camera. So everybody, I had distracted like, oops, the red sticker. And I have a huge monitor on the back of my camera. So when I need to look for something on my computer, even though I'm checking my computer, I still checking on the camera because as I'm looking to you. It's like I have a real conversation. If I have a conversation with you and looking down all the time, it's like I'm not present. So those are the caveats that when I tell you and when I train people, that's, like, oh, that is obvious, but you haven't done it.
0: Yeah, that's so, a big difference. Say it versus do it.
1: That's the point. Is If I say to you, hey, you need to brush your tooth uh, two times a day. Uh, duh, I know. You haven't done it. Like, duh, no. So... <laughs> You know that it's like cleaning your closet, it's like refreshing things. This again, this is a new language under and inside a language that we already know is how to you adapt it. When we have this class of body language for video and tech, the people says, What is almost five hours? Like you don't have any idea how much you need to learn. I was talking to you. We're teaching people how to do meetings on a sitting on the toilet because sometimes it's the only place you have calm space but you need to know how to do your background. sales people need to be really aware and they're really present. We have been teaching sales reps to do um, how to sell and talk to others in moments of crisis and the first two hours of our sales intelligence training is interrogation because I keep saying the same if this guy can make other person confess they kill someone, why you're not assessing the right questions and the right answers from your customers you're not doing the right questions so if there you make a question and the person is eliciting to avoid to answer the question you know that you have a hot spot if we, you ask for a call of action that we call a call on action is when i need to call you back well actually do you know how many people call other sales rep to only to get information so they can better negotiate with their actual vendor or the other person they already choose to work with? Hmm, no. I always says, how many times you fire a customer, and people says like, you don't fire your customer. Yes, you do. The bigger problem is how much a customer take you to get to the sales to not happen. you if you know and you assess the right questions you can know that in the beginning to know if you have been used to get another another vendor lower the price because I already have information about you
0: what's an example of a good question
1: a a good question is uh, who's who's making the decision well, actually, I'm not the right person to talk to. So why are you making me the questions if you're not the person who make the, 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 uh, the make the decision? Um, how many vendors you're talking to? How many people you is going to be involved in the process? Well, um, actually, done. I don't need to know anything else. If you don't know those things when I asking you questions for a product, if you ask me to, because you want to sell me a product, I know how many people is going to be involved in the decision. Because until I don't know that, I cannot start talking to vendors. If I'm going to buy a car and it says, okay, what car do you need? Uh, well, I have a family of five. So I need to know where I need to be moving. But if you want to sell me something and use the first approach and I ask you, okay, what kind of product are you looking for? how many people is going to be made in the decision, and when, do you, when you will need a, um, a demo. Those are three questions that can give you an idea if they're using you to get information. And says, uh, oh, don't worry, just send me everything by writing. Can you put the price and everything by writing? They don't want to talk to you, but they want everything by writing because your mail is going to be part of how i going to pressure the other vendor. Sales is an emotional situation, but it's a brain decision. So you need to get on the emotions of the customer and you need to go to the brain to know if they're going to make the decisions. If you know behavioral-wise how to manage that, because it's an exemplified in each of the situations, depending what product you sell, tangibles and intangible. You and I, Mark, we are coaches. It's completely different if you're selling cards. Mm-hmm. Here is the rapport. Sometimes people buy your products or buy your uh, training because they think alike, we think alike, but if you have a tangible and your boss says you need to make the quota, you need to go to rapport as fast and sooner possible. So I know if your 're visual or your audit, how you process information. What are your basic needs? Because I can read your face. I can ask you a question and see how your body react, how your micro expression react, how you stop moving. A lot of people moving a lot, and suddenly you make a question, and the people stop stop moving. That is our hot spot. Something happened there.
0: When they stop moving on on, on their side of the video call.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give you a trick. I haven't mm-hmm. said it in any other part. So people with you, it's gonna happen first. I, I actually finished my research two days ago. If I cross my arms, I'm open or close
0: to your proposal. Usually I've heard that means you're closed.
1: Well, when I close my arms, I'm using 30% more of my brain. I'm connecting my left side to my right side. So if you only see someone crossing their arms when you propose or do the call of action, that meaning they're thinking and you need to shut up because they're processing information. That's the moment the person is making the decision. When they're crossed the arms, the decision is done. If you feel that decision is negative until they don't verbalize it, you still can change it. So you can read if a negative expression coming after and crossing the arms. So crossing the arms, if you're not well-trained, if the person who's training you as a sales rep don't indicate you how to read the right way to crossing their arms, you can confuse somebody doing a good decision to somebody who's negating to the decision. And the reason why people cross their arms negative when they're making a decision is because you overload them. So if I cross their arm and pull down and change my head or put another any micro expression or expression body wise that repel me from you is because i'm overloaded. you need to shut up and wait for what the other person is going to do so you have two ways that you can read people crossing arms if you know how to do your job if you know how to read it and when to stop making question stop selling and giving a space to the other to process Crossing the arms can be the best thing who can happen in a sales. Sometimes when I'm with my team and says, shut up, we just sell it. he or she hasn't sell anything. Crossing the arms, look at the posture, smiling, is processing, is processing to see how fast we're gonna do the business. Done. It's happening. So that's what sales is an art. Is a science like every t- every way of communication. The most risky thing that I have seen lately is people who is clueless about what they doing, and for because they're afraid to lose their customer, they saying things they don't know, they don't have any idea what they saying. Oh, everybody who crosses their arms is opposite. Be careful! Like no. No way. Of, for example, I put my hands on my chin. That is when I'm processing and when I'm paying attention the most to the other person. If you don't know that, you can think the person is bored. It's depending where my hands is gonna be in my hand. If my hand is in my in my cheeks, that can be sign of boredom. But if my hands is in my chin, that is a sign of the non-processing information and paying attention. That's how danger reading run. The other person can be, and how beneficial read right way the other person can be too What are other
0: nonverbal cues to look out for? Both people, with yourself doing it and watching what other people do
1: uh pulling away so when you're pulling away from something, it's like when you smell something that when you do and smell or you see something that you don't like you're pulling away another thing is. People are so afraid to so many micro expressions. The only micro expression that is, is scare me when I see it is surprise. When people are surprised and say, wait for it, it's not. This is the whole way to hell or the whole way to heaven. Because surprise is the only micro expression never come alone. I can feel surprise and happiness. This is a surprise party. You can feel surprise and anger. I just saw my partner kissing somebody else. I can show surprise and fear because it's not the price I was expecting. So surprise, it's never, never, never coming alone. You can see it in a fraction of the second, both coming together. So when people see surprise, most people are like, oh my God, he was so surprised. And what happened after, like, I didn't pay attention was surprised. Like, you can be surprised for something good or bad.
0: Mm-hmm. That's when
1: you need to start paying more attention. Like, surprise is the whole way whatever happened after is what telling you pay attention pay attention to the hands so it says pay attention to the expressions pay attention to the face pay attention to the hands and pay attention when the people stop moving or start moving more than what should move and another thing most people don't pay attention to the words because they're mislead from the studies done on the 17th by Meridian, the 93% of your communication is, uh, is body language. It's not true. It's one study done and everybody is fixating with that. Actually, if you know how to read words, they're more important than the body. If I says, yeah, we're so happy, we're gonna do it, uh, the, the, the decision do, with you. They decide we're gonna take some time to make decisions, to, to choose your service it's not going to happen. They're not going to go with you.
0: Why? Or
1: if you know how to manage that, they're going to go with you. They, they didn't see we. The person is neither included in the decision, is not the decision maker, or doesn't agree with the decision. Decision is a thought, it's not a, an action. We choose to go with somebody, somebody else, we're going to let you know, that is a sale that probably is lost. But if you says they decide, Okay, they decide it's a thought. How many times do you decide at the end of the year you're gonna stop eating chocolate and we are on May and you have chocolate bar hiding under your pillow? You decided, you didn't do it. So when you're talking to someone, when somebody refused to say yes or no, um, we you wanna you wanna set another call? Well, let me see. Yes or no? Um are you using another vendor? Well, actually. What happened there I don't know what is going on it's it's not a reply it's not a replacement for yes or no so if you know how to pay attention to the words the people is saying that's when you know by words and you put the body language together now we have a communication but if you separate one from another you have a disconnection but you need to learn to pay attention to the words actually more people confess verbally than physically if I ask um, hey Mark where you was last night why are you asking since when you asked me what I did last night why are you getting so aggressive why are you give me this screen smoke where it's so simple to tell me uh, when I went out with friends why are you getting aggressive why are you trying to deviate me from the question that I did or if I ask someone, um, have you ever did de- have you ever did drugs? That is against my religion. You didn't tell me yes or no. You just tell me you have a religion. I'm Jewish, and eating bacon like it's not tomorrow is supposed to be against all my religion. So I can tell you when you ask me, did you eat bacon like it's against my religion? Your work there is to make more questions. People don't lie to you. We don't do the right questions. Your next question needs to be, and Susan, even though it's against your religion, do you eat egg, bacon? Like, yes. Like, no, tomorrow is the only thing I cannot keep as a good Jew. The difference was, you ask the right question after. Or have you ta- or have you stolen the money from the cashier? Like, do you know that I teach Bible on Sundays on the church? You can be teaching bible on on the church on sunday but still taking the money another thing that people tend to do compound questions never by any circumstance do two questions in one for example um do you know that is uh, money missing yesterday uh, do you remember seeing somebody else oh i see i see johnny on the on the building but you didn't reply uh, the first question Yeah the most common things leading questions and compound questions never ask two things in one if you have a high level of training doing interrogation i do five questions in one because i want to see what you avoid to ask so i can ask it again a few times in a different way until you give me the answer Not the one i'm looking for the answer that i need to hear so those are compound questions. Another one is like, Mark, uh, what do you want to do? You want to eat steak, uh, chicken, or fish? Actually, i giving you options and not let you think when actually the options need to be yours. I can use that when I lead into a customer to choose any of my products. But if you need to have a free will so I can gather in information, I cannot lead you giving, giving you three options. Because now I narrow your decisions. Is Mark, what are you looking for? And now I give, I shut up and do my great psychology. Shut up and tilt my head. Now I'm going to gather any information. Now we're at the end of the call and we talk about really three products. okay, Mark, uh, do you want uh, training? You want online or you want in person training? So those are the three, then I want to gather you. Those are the three Then I want to talk about it because I don't want you to go all over the place and thinking about anything that I don't have to offer you.
0: So, so I gather in three. So it comes down to asking the right questions. And that's, that's one of the things that most people don't do on their video calls is ask the right questions. Is that correct?
1: Um, video calls and dating and phone calls and emails on the supermarket with your doctor. How many times you went to the doctor and the doctor said, you need to take this pill? How many times do you ask why? What this pill is about it? How long is going to be the treatment? Why? Because they have authority. So when somebody shows you authority, you don't question the other person. So if you show authority, respect, and know what you're talking about, people is not going to uh, doubt about the things that you said. Because Got it. You need to make. Even though when somebody show authority, I'm going to my doctors, and I haven't changed my doctors in years. Why? Because they know me. Says, "Okay, Susan, you need to put this cream in your nose." And okay, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you how long because they already know me. Okay, your decision maybe is not the best plan for me. So you need to make questions. As a sales rep and as a customer, that's when you gather information. But when you have enough authority, because I gather the right information and I guide you to explain you what you need instead of what the thing that you want, you're not gonna confront my. You're not gonna confront the products that I'm selling to you, because I show you authority. You respect me. I show knowledge about the product and I show knowledge about what are your needs. Most people don't ask why you do you think you need a sport car when your wife is pregnant. That's I think is one of the best examples. Somebody come back to a um, <clears throat> um, dealership and says, I want a sport car. And you look and he's show up with a kid and pregnant wife. And you know, he, this guy is gonna have a problem and he's not gonna be happy with the car and says, sir, this is your second car now. How are you gonna fit the car seat in the back? I have an option. Why don't we try this before we try the sport car? And they're gonna leave with the car they need you did your you did your service you did the sales they need they're going to come back to you when they need to have a
0: new car because Because, it fed their needs because you're building rapport with them with and in closing and with everything we spoke about today what would you say if there's one tip to say make sure you do this on all whether it's a sales meeting or a video call what would that one thing be if you're if they're going to do nothing else make sure that you do what this one thing what would that be
1: um I think biology is amazing because we give us two ears and one mouth is a reason. Just try to use it the right way.
0: So listen more than you talk?
1: A good sales rep needs to listen 80% and talking only 20. And those 20 times need to be asking open-ended questions until the time of closing when you need to be yes or no.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for the time, Susan. I appreciate it. Thank you to
1: you, Mark. I know we cover a lot, but it's like so much things happening and so much to learn. And it's like when we end up giving advice so we can help people to navigate this situation in a better way. Thank you for inviting me. And if people want to find you
0: online, where, where can they go?
1: They can go to two places. They can go to humanbehaviorlab.com. This is our consulting company, and our online training platform is humanbehaviorhacker.school. I'm sorry, humanbehaviorhacker.school.com. That is an e-learning only, specialized in human behavior, and all the things that we talk today is the things that we teach there.
0: Excellent. Thank you again. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.